So we're approaching Shavuos in Mitzvah Hashem in a few nights from tonight. And when it comes to Shavuos, we of course look at the parsha of Yisrael, look at the parsha of Kabbalah Satira when we got the Torah at Harsinai. And there's a very interesting Pasuk that's said there. The Pasuk reads that B'nai Yisrael were Royim Es HaKailas. Klal Yisrael were able somehow, some way, miraculously, as Chazal say, to see the Kailas. They were able to see the sounds that were being emitted at Har Sinai. Those voices that normally cannot be seen. We, we don't see voices. We, we hear voices. We don't see voices. But yet over here, Klal Yisrael had this chus to actually miraculously see the Kailis. And there are many such miracles that surrounded Matan and the question is, why was this miracle necessary? What is the takeaway from this exact miracle that Klai Yisrael were able to see the Kailis? There's an interesting Imre Emes, the Gareb said something cute, he said that if a person would not see the Kailais, meaning if, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu would say the Aseris Adibris, and we would not actually be able to see the way they were written, but instead we would just hear them, but not see them, so then when it comes to certain Sukkim, it wouldn't be clear what HaKadosh Baruch Hu meant, because we don't see the way it was written. So for example, it would say, Lysignaiv, don't steal. So we know it means don't steal because we can read it, Lamed Aleph, Sigzel. But let's say you were just hearing it, so some people with like a warped mind might say, ah, I know what, he, what Hashem wants. Lai, Frakadish Baruch Hu, say, you should steal. You should steal. Lai, Sinaf. It's a good thing sometimes to, to commit adultery, and you do it in the sake of religion for some. Somehow we'll be able to figure out a way to pull that one off also. Many people throughout the millennia have killed in the name of religion, thinking that it's a big uh, mitzvah. I see what the Crusades do, did, and so many of the other Gaim throughout history have killed millions and millions of people, all in the name of religion. So for that, says the Imre Emes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to give this miracle to be Raya Es HaKailais. They have to see the sounds, they have to see that Loyia was Laman Aleph, and they have to see that Leisirtzach is Laman Aleph, and Leisignav is Laman Aleph, because if not for that, then uh, we might have walked away from Harsina with a very, very wrong impression. I wanted to suggest perhaps another uh, deep understanding of what the miracle of seeing seeing the, the kailas, what exactly the import of that is, and how we are supposed to take something away from that um, forever. About a week ago, at my Shabbos table, I was discussing with my children about people that are smart, people that are brilliant people that are very accomplished in life, people that are able to, you know, become big Tamidi Chachamim or very good at what they do in terms of uh, their professions, their careers, smart people, what we call smart people. 
and I asked my children, I said, what do you think, in one word, is the key ingredient that a person needs to be smart? What is it? If you'd have to touch up, what, what makes one person smart and one person not smart? One person successful in his career or her career and one person not? What would you say is that difference? What would you say is that difference between a smart person and not? What, is, what, what touches up? What, what embodies a person that's smart? What is it that, that he has that most other people might not have? And every one of my children said, uh, said different answers, and I think they were all very good answers. One said IQ. person has natural ability to, you know, to, to understand things, to, to have a good grasp of something. Another person said they have to be able to be very studious, you have to be able to have what we call Yiddish Zitzfleisch, the ability to sit and study for long hours, to be diligent. Some people say they have a, a driving ambition, an ambition. That's what makes them so successful and smart. And I said, you're all right, but I think that I'm the rightest. I think I know the real answer uh, to what really is the key to success when it comes to being a Talmud Chacham, when it comes to being smart. And the one word is curiosity. If a person is curious, if a person has a curious mind to try to figure out something, then that's really the first step to being smart. If you're telling me something, if I'm going to a class in, uh, in quantum physics and I have zero interest in the topic, I just need to, get, to take it to get credits or to, uh, for my major or for the core, and that's the only reason I'm thinking, but I have zero, zero interest in that or, or earth science or anthropology or whatever it is that I'm taking, and I have no interest in it, I might do very well on the test because I'm smart or I have diligence or... But the day after that test is given or when the finals are given, I will not want to know or remember anything about that course. How many courses have we taken throughout our life that we had zero interest in? We had to take for, for the major, for the core, whatever. But as soon as it was over, we were so happy to be done with it and we consciously like hit the delete button in our brain because we had no interest in it. When a person takes a personal interest in something, when a person has curiosity about something, when I say, you know what, I don't want to just study this because it, it's something that I have to do, but rather I am curious about what it's all about. If you have that attitude, that makes all the difference in the world between being smart and being not smart. I know people that they love trying to understand how things work. When I was a, a teenager, there was a very popular book that came out. I think it's called How Things Work, or The Way Things Work. And it basically goes through a lot of different things. How does an air conditioner work? Anyone wonder, like, we press a button and the air conditioner just blows cold air. How does that happen? So most of us don't care. As long as it's cool in the, in the, in, in, in the room when I come in, I, don't, I couldn't care less about how the thing works. 
But then there are people that actually want to know how does an air conditioner, it, it takes hot air from the outside, it sucks it into the vent, and then somehow there's a cooling agent that, 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 cool, that cools it, and then it pumps it in, and then it has an exhaust, and it takes the hot air out, and it, it's a cycle. And then how does an airplane work? How does a Frisbee work? How does a refrigerator work? How does a, an airplane, how, how, does a, how do all these things work? Now, most people couldn't care less. You know why? Because they don't have a, a natural curiosity to figure things out. They just, they're just happy if it works. They know there's an invention called, uh, you know, there's a telephone, and I don't care how the wiring was hung. I don't, I don't care how many millions of miles of, of, of wires it took to, 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 you know, to patch together this network of telephones and, and how they have to run it underground to get to Europe and China and wherever. Couldn't care less. As long as I pick up the phone and there's a dial tone, or as long as on, for cell phones, you know, I'm able to get the number that I want and call it, I don't care how cell phones work, but there are people that really deeply care about how things work because they're curious. They're curious about these things. There are people that every week do Kiddush Levana. They go out Matzai Shabbos, not every week, but once a month. They do Kiddush Levana. They go out they say Kiddush Lavana, and they sit, they go, they give their sitter back in the shul, and, or whatever, and, and, and you go home. There are people that actually want to know about the Lavana. They want to know, how does it work? How come sometimes the Lavana, the moon is on one side of the shul, sometimes on the other side of the shul? How come the moon is, uh, you know, waxes and wanes, and the sun and the moon, the orbits, the stars? People care about that. There is a, a big... Rosh Hashiva, a big gadol, his name was Rabbi Yisrael Belsky. And Rabbi Yisrael Belsky was the Rosh Hashiva of Tarvadas, and he was like a world-class genius. Forget about what he knew in Tyre, which was off the charts, but he knew everything about everything. He was known to be, a, he was, since I was a kid, I remember in high school, I, I heard him speak, he came to Amalava Malka in my high school. He was talking about things that, like, genius things, genius but he knew you could ha- he could be conversant and really with a with a deep understanding of the science of music, mathematics, calculus, uh, creation, uh, earth science, astronomy, astrology, shchita, uh, you know, animals, anatomy, human anatomy, surgeries. He knew everything about everything because. Not because he was so brilliant, which he was. Not because he could finish a book in one night, which he did. That's part of being smart, but it doesn't start there. It starts with a spark of curiosity. When a person has a spark of curiosity, that's when a person is able to. Um, that's when a person is able to really be very successful. They tell a story about Rabelsky that he was once walking in Camp Agudo, one of the summer camps of Agudas Yisrael of America in the, in the summer, he was one of the rabbis, one of the heads of, of that camp. And he used to take walks with his students at night. And, you know, as he was going on these walks, he would point out different types of uh, botany, vegetables that are growing, poison ivy, trees, different types of things. He knew everything. And then one night they were taking a walk together, and he looked up at the sky... And he seemed a little bit, like, puzzled about something. And they said, Rebbe, is everything okay? He says, no, something's not okay. 
says, what is it? He says, there's a single star that should be over there, but the star is for some reason not there. It, it moved. And I can't figure out why. So they said, Rabbi, you sure about this? They said, yeah, call NASA. Or call, you know, the, the U.S. space, uh, whatever, whoever, I don't know whoever's in charge of, of the space uh, of astronomy in, uh, you know, in, in, in the U.S. government. They called that place. They got the number. They called that place. And they said, they, they said our rabbi says that there's a star off. They said, how do you know about that? So I don't know, he was just taking a walk. But he saw, he looked up. He, he said, we're on, they said, we're on top of it. We don't exactly understand it either but we're monitoring it, like with a Hubble spacecraft, like they have to, they're trying to do maneuvers to figure out what happened to that star, but Rebelsky hopped that there was something, there was something wrong with the, with, with the star system, how did he know that? How come you and I don't know that? Because we're, because we're not as smart as him? That's just an excuse. The reason is because we're not curious to know about the star system. If we were really curious to know about the star system, we would make it our business to take out books from the library or to look it up online and to really study it and to figure out all the constellations and all the... We have the head for it. We're able to figure out other things. We're able to get through college classes and, and get through a lot of other difficulties. If we had curiosity about the star systems, we would know, but we just don't. We're not curious about it. If we would be curious about it, then we would be able to really be brilliant not maybe like Rebelsky in everything. We don't have enough time. We can't read things enough. We can't absorb enough information to really make it, you know, to make it work. But we could find a few things that we really are curious about and try to focus on them and really be good at them. Now, I'm, I, I'm talking about, tonight I'm really talking about Tyra. I'm not really talking about... Um, you know, other things, although it really could apply across the board, but obviously this is year, and we're talking about Shavua, so I'm really focused tonight about Tyra, but it, the truth is it's true about everything and anything. If you want to have a curiosity, if you have a curiosity about, about something even random, you could do it. You could do it. It's just that we don't. Our mind is incredible. Our mind is incredible. I, I, I went um, with my daughter a couple of months ago to a Home Depot, and I was looking for a little screw, like a little type of, it wasn't even like a, it was like, I don't know what it was, it was like something like a door stopper, or some, some specialty item that they don't have in every store, it's hard to find, it's not a major thing that you would know it, and I went over to one of the, one of the workers in the Home Depot wearing one of those orange, uh, orange aprons, very hard to find those guys, you know, it's a huge, it's like a city and you can't find them. But I found one of them. I say, buddy, could you help me? I need, I need a certain, uh, you probably don't know where it is, but I, I need a certain type of screw that goes into a door to stop it or whatever. So he looks at me and my daughter. He says, that would be aisle 33 on the left-hand side, third, row from the, third shelf from the bottom. I was like, wow, how did he do that? And my daughter was like really flabby. Is this, we like walked away. Is this guy like the rugged shovel? He must be a genius. There must be 30 million products in the Home Depot. And this guy knew exactly where this product is. It's incredible. What's the answer? He's not a genius, but this is his business. This is what he does. He has to have a curiosity about it because if he doesn't have a curiosity, he's not going to know. And if he doesn't know, he's going to get fired. 
So our minds, he's not smarter than we are. If we would want to have a curiosity about where every, every time Tysus says, Tamalari, a lushan, a certain lushan in Tysus, or or uh, wherever Rashi says, um, you know, I don't know something. There's a Rashi in Brachas that says, any uh, idea, I don't know. Rashi is very honest. He said when he doesn't know something, he says I don't know. And then there's Reb Kiveger on the in the margin of the Gemara brings down like another thirty times throughout Shas that Rashi did that Rashi says this. And then Reb Chaim Kanievsky in Bnei Brak adds another 20, 30 Marmachimus on the side of his Gemara to the, the case that Reb Kivager didn't write in his Gemara. Not that Kivager didn't know those, but he knew he just didn't write, he, he just didn't write all of them, but Reb Chaim Kanievsky did. Now, why don't we know that? We do know about, some of us know very well, movies. We could name, so I know guys that can name you any line. If I would, if I would say a line from a movie going back to the 1930s, they'd be able to say that was Casablanca, and this person said that person said that, you know, and then you say, uh, you know, every scene, they know every scene. So that's a guyness, right? Is that a genius? It's not a genius. This guy just loves movies. He loves movies. He loves movies so much, he made his life into movies. There are people that could do that with music. There are people that could do that with sports. We know many people, they know every baseball player's RBI they know all the stats. They know his, uh, I don't know, how, what his, uh, whatever it is, they know. They know every, you know, who won the, the 1974 World Series and how it ended and what score. They know everything. Are they geniuses? They're not geniuses. They're not geniuses. They just had a curiosity to know something. When you're curious about something, you also could be a genius in that particular thing. So... What I was pr- proposing was that it's not really IQ that makes a person smart. Obviously, it helps to have a naturally good brain. If you have a photographic memory, that means you'll do really well on tests because you could just read your notes and, and snap a picture and you have like a cheat sheet right in front of you when you're taking the test. Obviously, that's a great thing. But the real, but that doesn't last. That type of chachma is very short-lived. But if you really want to be smart and retain that smartness and, and, and live a smart life and really embrace the Torah and embrace the mitzvahs and embrace all of these many pieces of knowledge that, that you have to, to gain, the one thing that you need from the get-go is curiosity. If you're not curious, forget it. You don't, you, you don't stand a chance. If you're curious and you really like want to understand how does this work, I'm curious to know what this Gemara is about. I'm curious to know what this Taisa is about. I'm curious to know the Taimei HaMitzvahs. I'm curious to figure out exactly why Rashi and Taisa are arguing. If you're really curious about it, you'll roll up your sleeves and you'll get to the bottom of it. Even if it doesn't matter in life, even though no one's paying you and no one, you're not being employed by the Home Depot, but I'm naturally, I naturally want to and need to know what the Torah has for me. What is it? And when a person really has that desire, watch out, this guy is heading places, or this girl is heading places, because there's so much that a person can gain if they just have that special spark called curiosity inside of them. 
Many people are very not curious. I don't, I couldn't, you know, many people have the attitude, I don't care. I just don't care. As long as the thing works, I don't care. I don't care how people cook this food. I don't care how the refrigerator that, that, that stored the food works. I don't care about how the people that made the food live or, or what their, you know, where their education was from. I don't care. Just give me the food. Like Esau, Halitani Nam and Adamad was that. I don't care about anything. I just want the food. Throw the food down my throat, Esau said. That's what an Esau does. An Esau is just a very superficial type of guy. Just give me the food. That's all I care about. What goes into it, thanking the person that made it, understanding the culture of the, of, of the, of the menus that, are, that the food is, is being spiced with and, and, and prepared by. I don't care about that. It doesn't interest me. The kashrus of the food, the shechita, the hechsher, the, the mashkiach, the, all the things that go into before it gets into it. I don't care. Just give me the food. People that really are smart, they're curious. They want to know. Tell me a little bit more about the food. Tell me about the halachas of food. Tell me the halachas of, of, of shechita, of malicha, of, 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 of taruvis. I want to know these things. I want to know. I want to understand Pesach and Chametz and Matzah and, and Gebrox. I, I, I need to know these things. Are you curious about these things or is it just something that, you know, you have to check the box that I, I know that I, I don't eat Gebrox on Pesach and I know that that's all you need to know. I know I don't eat. Now the rest of it, I don't know. Why Gebrox? Who Gebrox? Where, where the minna come from? Who does hold? Who doesn't hold? Rishayna, Machreina, Ladam. I don't care. Just, I know that I can't eat Gebrox. That's all that matters. Or I can eat kibrox. I don't eat kidneys. I do eat kidneys. But why? Who? Where? There's a whole tire there. I don't care. I'm not, I don't care enough to do that. If you don't care, you're not going to be a Talmud Chacham. In order to be a Talmud Chacham, you have to really open up your eyes and care about these things. Have the curiosity to explore these things, to look, to do research, to figure out, even on a basic level. I mean, if you want to, today, everything is literally at the click of a button. You, you, you want to know about kidneys, you type kidneys into Google, and you, you, you'd be surprised you know, how much tire you could find just on the internet. I'm not saying that's the best source always to get tire, but it's a good place to start. But are you curious enough even to do that? Or would you rather Google, you know, when is coronavirus going to end? Or whether, you know, like all these things that are, no one knows the answer to, but we're getting, we're obsessed by it a little bit. So, but there's so much that we, we could want to know and if we would be able to really somehow become curious, even if we're naturally not curious, but make ourselves curious and ask questions, that's a very, very uh, important, maybe the most important uh, element to becoming a Talmud Chacham. I want to tell two stories that illustrate um, this concept of the the bikush the 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 unquenching unquenchable thirst for knowledge. So one story is told about a, a, a great Talmud Chacham. His name is Rav Isaac Al Kharif. Rav Isaac Al Kharif lived in in the early 1900s in Europe, and he was known as the Kharif. He was his name was Kharif. Kharif means like Kharif. He was very sharp, brilliant. Not only was he very sharp, he was also a very wealthy man. And he had a daughter. And this daughter was of marriageable age. And, uh, and I don't know if it's politically correct to, to say this, but because 
you know, she was an attractive girl because her father was a, a very big Talmud Chacham and because they happened to have had a lot of money. So she was obviously a very desirable, eligible young lady in the Shidduch market. Now, the father knew that, obviously, Rebizek al-Kharif was, was very smart, and he wanted to get the best boy for his daughter. So he didn't just call Shadchanim and have them, you know, come to, uh, come to his, uh, you know, Shidduch dates and whatnot, and he did it the opposite way. What he did was, he decided he was going to go to the yeshivas, there weren't as many yeshivas back then as there are today, but he would go and take, go into his horse and buggy at a chashava, you know, car in those days, a horse and buggy, and he said, I'm going to find a really good big Talmud Chacham for my daughter to marry. So he went to the first yeshiva on the, on the itinerary, and he told the Rashiva that he was looking for a for his daughter, and uh, would it be possible to go into the base Medrash and ask a question in the base Medrash about um, on learning, a question in learning, a very, very deep and, and penetrating question on, on the sugya that they were learning, on the, on the Gemara, on the topic of Gemara that the whole yeshiva was, was studying at the time. And he basically uh, stumped everybody. He went up to the Aranakaidish, he asked the entire room, does anyone know the answer to this question? Everybody said, what do we get if we know? Well, you can have a chance to meet my daughter, and if it goes well, you can marry her. Hmm? So there's a big tumult. He asked the question. Everybody was tumbling and screaming and trying to figure out the answer and uh, you know, presenting this answer, and, and Rabbi Zegel Kharif knocked it down and disproved that guy's answer and refuted that guy's answer, and, and basically everyone was stumped. And then he said, okay, I'm sorry, nobody got the answer, I'm going to the next yeshiva. So he goes from yeshiva A, now he travels yeshiva B. In the same exact scene, he asked the yeshiva Rishos, he got Rishos, he goes and he says, you know, that, you know, this is his question, and big tumble in the base madrash, nobody's able to answer the question correctly, and he goes off to a third yeshiva. And the same exact thing happens, nobody's, he's stumping every yeshiva. But at this yeshiva, the third yeshiva that he went to, as his horse and buggy was like taking off and the, 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 the wheels of his carriage were like kicking up mud, all of a sudden he heard a knock on the door of his, of, of his carriage. And he said to the driver, stop the carriage, stop the, hold the horses. And the horses stopped and he rolls down the window, he sees a yeshiva buffer who has all mud all over his shirt because of all the, you know, the mud that was kicked up by the wheels and the horse's legs. And he says, what can I do for you? He says, you know, he says, you asked that question in the base Medrash. He says, yeah. He says, you have an answer for it? He says, no, I don't have an answer. But I'm not letting the rub leave until he tells me the answer. I don't care that I have the answer. I don't. You ask the question, I demand to know from you the answer. What's the answer? I'm curious to know the answer. And Rabbi Zegel Kharif says, you're the bacher for my daughter. That's what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for the biggest genius. Not always is the biggest genius the biggest bracha. Sometimes the big geniuses are people that are 
that crash and burn in life because they have so much potential, but they don't use it properly and they're so way ahead of the pack that they don't use any amelus, they don't try, they have no toil, no, no, they're, they're, they're not, they don't make it to the end. I was looking for somebody like you who had the curiosity to know the answer because that's really the sign of a future Talmud Chacham. I don't want a Talmud Chacham today. I want somebody that will develop into a Talmud Chacham. And you have that kishran. You have that talent, clearly, because you ran after me to know the answer. And when you're able to do that, then that means that you are a budding Talmud Chacham. And sure enough, they got married. I don't, they, we know the actual name of this fellow. I, I, don't have it in, I have it in my cards in Yeshiva, but the office is locked. The whole building is locked. But... Um, but we know the person's name. It's a funny name, like a long name. But he became the son-in-law of Rabbi Isaac Al-Kharif. All because he had this curiosity. Because curiosity is the seed of intellect. I don't know if that's a quote, but I just made that up. It sounds really good. Anyway, um, now, that's story number one. The second story that I, that I have uh, to share with you this evening is a story that involves a boy by the name of Yasala Mislutsk. Yasala Mislutsk was a, when he was a young boy in the city of Slutsk, which was a major Jewish city in, in Europe, he was, um, I guess you would describe him as a, a terrorist, for lack of a better word. He was like, he was like a nightmare because he always played hooky from school. And he used to like, uh, you know, while he was playing hooky, he did all types of shtick and he broke people's windows with his baseballs and he would uh, run away then and graffiti things. He was doing a lot of bad stuff. He wasn't exactly, you know, an Aleph Talmud in the local yeshiva, to put it mildly. And one day, this this, uh, Yasala was walking down the street and he overheard like on a window in a building that he was walking by a father scolding his son and the father was screaming at the son and says you are such a chutzpanyak and how could you and are you crazy why did you do that what do you the way you're you know the way you're acting you're 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 you're, you're acting exactly like yasala Meaning, Yasala became the poster boy for bad behavior in Slutsk. It was like a, the biggest klala to be called Yasala. And Yasala, like, it was like one of those moments, like those, the life-altering moments of a person's life. Because he, he stopped and he says, wait a minute, I knew that I wasn't exactly like the, the Spitz guy in Yeshiva, but I didn't know that I was that bad, that people were, were you know, were, were using me as like an example of the worst person that you could ever want to raise your, your child to be. I didn't realize that it got that out of hand. And he realized then that he had to change. He had to do something really, really radical. Now, he wasn't a bad boy. He just, he just was like, maybe he was so smart that he... He, you know, like Einstein also, they said he was, he was horrible in school. They thought he was like an idiot because he failed all his tests. So just because he wasn't, he had no, he was so above that he didn't, uh, he had no interest in the teacher, what the teacher was saying. But anyway, not clear exactly what happened, but he, we know that Yasla came home and told his father, he comes into his father's study, knocks on the door, the father looks up, he says, 
Yasla, did you, you know, do I owe anyone money today? Like, what'd you break? Like, who'd you vandalize today? Like, what, what, you know? So he says, no, Tati, everything's okay. He says, oh, good. He says, so what are you, what, what are you coming to me about? So he says, Tati, he says, what's the best yeshiva in the world? He says, the best yeshiva, the Harvard of yeshiva is Volazhin. Volazhin's the, the Spitz yeshiva in the world. That's the greatest yeshiva. He says, Tati, that's where I want to go now. He says, I want to go to Volazhin. You're going to see I'm going to be a tremendous Talmud Chacham. Nothing is going to stop me. He says, Yasala, it, it sounds great, but I, I'd appreciate maybe just go back to your local yeshiva and learn like, Mishnayas, like Aleph Bays, maybe, like, you know, like before we jump to like Kitsais, Nasivas, Rashbas, or Kivegas, like, like maybe just like, uh, you know, just go to the local yeshiva and, and, and just be normal for a few days before we go. He says, Tati, no. He says, I, I need right now to go. He says, Listen, whatever, you know, whatever you say, I mean, I, fine. So he gave him the money, he got on a, on a, a caravan or whatever it is, whatever the equivalent of a bus was in those days, and he, he got a ride to Velazhin, and he gets off the, the caravan, and he goes to into the Velazhin yeshiva. He goes into Reb Chaim Velazhin's office. Reb Chaim Velazhin was the God Ladar. He was the Talmud Muvuk, the primary Talmud of the Vilna Gaim. In order to get into Velazhin, I believe he needed to know 200 Blat Gemara Rashi and Tysus by heart to get in, just to get in. And it was very, so they're very selective. They didn't even, even if you knew that, they, they still looked into you. They wanted only the cream of the crop of all the yeshivas in Europe came to Velazhin. So anyway, Reb Chaim has a knock on his door. He says, come in. Yasalov Slutz comes in, sits at his desk. He says, Shalom Aleichem, what's your name? Yasalov, which city are you from Slutsk? Very nice. Uh, what can I do for you? He says, I'm, I'd like to come to the yeshiva. He says, okay, I mean, you, you should have really applied or whatever, fine. Uh, you're here already. Okay, I guess you want to take a fahar, you want to take a test. He says, so, you know, go to the base medish, bring me a, bring me a zvach, and we'll start with that. So, Yasla says, uh, excuse me, with the mechilas kveid rosh I have to ask you forgiveness, but I don't know any Gemara. I don't know any Gemara. He says, you mean you don't know Zvachim, but you know Menachas? He says, no, no, no. You know, you, you know Shabbos, probably, right? No, no, no. He says, uh, Saita, Megillah, Tainas, Arias, like, what, what? nothing. I know nothing. I don't know Gemara. I don't know Mishnayis. I barely can read Hebrew, but I, I do know one thing. I have the curiosity to be the God Ladar. I want it so badly right now. I want to steig so badly. I want to grow in my learning and my Yerushalayim, my spirituality. And I'm so hungry and so thirsty for it that I will stop at nothing. You will not regret your decision if you let me into Velazhin. I promise. And Abchayim Velazhin saw something very sincere about this young man. And he called in the finest of the guys in the base medrash, like a few handpicked Talmidim. He says, Chaim, you're going to teach Yasala Mishnayis. And then Pinchas, you're going to teach him, uh, you're going to teach him Chumash and Rashi. 
and then and then come back to me in a few weeks. Once once he gets some his feet wet in that, then we're going to find Menachem is going to teach him going to teach him Gemara Rashi, and then and then uh, Yeshaya is going to teach him Taisus, and then we're going to get him get Rishayim out. We're going to get Achrayim out. I see greatness in this young man. He's curious. He has a real rutz, and he has he he's a mavakish. He's he's a person that's seeking to be a Talmud Chacham, and he's not stoppable. And sure enough, Yasola was lapping up this knowledge. He before long he finished Chumash Rashi, he finished Nevi'im and Ksuvim with with all Mefarshim. He finished Mishnayis, Shisha Sidre Mishnah, and then he started with Gemara, and he chazered, and he retained it, and he was Machadish. And before you knew it, he was the best guy in, in Velazhin. But he was really the best guy, not just for Shidochim, he was really the best guy in Velazhin. And he got married, and before he got married, actually, he got a letter in the, in the mail from his parents that your father is very sick, Mother wrote him, you have to come home. You have to help with the, with the business. So he, he brings it to Chaim Elijah, what should I do? Chaim says, you can't go. Because if you go, you're not going to come back, and your job in life is to be a Tamil Chacham. And when his father ultimately died, he sat Shiva and Yeshiva, but he, Reb Chaim Elijah, knew that this was the future God of Ladar. And then there was a fire in the town that he came from in Slutsk. Half the stores burned down and, and the family business was down. They, and Reb Chaim is still, even though we don't understand it, but Reb Chaim still insisted that he stay. And he became Mamish Agadol Batayr. We have, we have Svarim from him. Chidusher of Yosef Mislutsk. Chidusher of Yosef Mislutsk. Many years later, after he was sitting in Kailo for 10, 15, 20 years, and he was really, like, huge in learning, there was a delegation that came of Balabatim from the city of Slutsk, and they said to Reb Chaim we're looking for a Rav, and we know that this is the place, this is the, the hothouse, this is the, the greenhouse that produces... produces Gedali Yisrael. We need, we're in Irvim Yisrael, we're a very Chashva city. We need... We need somebody really that's a superstar for us. So he says, one second, I think I have the perfect person for you. And he calls in from the Beis Medrash, Yasla. But before Yasla comes in, he says, do you remember there was a boy growing up in your town? His name was Yasla. They all started, all these old Balabatim remembered the terrorist Yasal, and they were breaking into a cold sweat. They said, yeah, we're still shaking from him, that kid. That kid was like Dennis the Menace. He was like, so scary. He says, well, that's good that you're afraid of him, because it's important to be afraid of your Rav. And he's going to be your future Rav. And he was brought into the room, and they, they were reintroduced. To, now it was Harav Agayin, Rav Yasef Mislutsk. He went back to Slutsk. He became the Rav of Slutsk. Rav Baruch Ber, when he used to tell over this story, he would say that the Satan is, has so much power that he's able to burn down half a city just to get a yeshiva bachi to stop learning, to, to break him away from his, from his Gemara. Because that's what the Yitzhahara tried to do in order to, to stop his trajectory to greatness. But what we see from these stories, Rabbi Say, is that a person needs curiosity. That's the core 
of becoming a Talmud Chacham. If you have curiosity, pe- people with curiosity are slated for greatness in life, in every field, but specifically now we're talking about Tyra. If you're naturally curious, if you want to know about things, you want to, you're learning a, a certain Gemara this year, you're learning Halachas this year, you're learning Chumash, you're learning Nevi'im, and you're just like bored to death, and you have no, what does it have to do with me? I don't care, it's not practical, it's not, we're learning about Baba Kama, about a shar, about a, an ox that gores a, a donkey, and, uh, and the donkey was pregnant, and the donkey had children, and the miscarried, and who has to pay? I couldn't care less, uh, buddy, like, this doesn't, end. if you have that attitude, then you're not going to be a Tzam Chacham. If you want to roll up your sleeves and say, I need not just to listen to Shir, but I want to like really understand it. I want to try to use my creativity and see things clearly, exactly what's going on here. I want to not just eat matzahs, but I want to know the halachas of matzahs. And I want to understand what's chametz, what's matzah, what kind, of, uh, what kind of wheat can I use, what kind of grains can I not use. What are the chumras? What are the kulas? What's what's gibrachs? What's what's marer? What's safikaimen? What's 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 dalakaisa? Is it dairaisa? Is it darabon? What does the Ramam say? What does the Rishayim say? If you have that type of attitude, then then you're going to be amazing because you are so naturally destined for brilliance because you're curious. If Yaslus Lusk was not curious, he wouldn't become Yaslus Lusk. If this son-in-law of Rabbi Isaac Harif couldn't care less, and he just was, okay, that was a good question, it was very interesting. He would never become who he was. He, was be, he became who he was because he needed to know the answer. It wasn't just enough to hear the question, he needed to see it and feel it and get to the bottom of it. That's what it takes to be successful in Tyra. And getting back to our original question, about why it is so necessary to have this miracle at Hashinah, at Mantera, of to be Rayim Es We heard the Aseris Hadibris. We heard it. But HaKadosh Baruch made a miracle that you were able, if you wanted, to see it. You know why? Because Eina Daima Shmiya You can't compare hearing something and seeing something. If you're just hearing a shear, you go, you go to a nice drasha, you can go on Torah anytime, get a thousand, ten thousand shirim, new shirim every year, millions of hours. If you're not prepared, all you're doing is you're on the treadmill, you're on the bicycle, you're taking a walk, you're taking a jog, you're listening to a shear and say, wow, that was a good shear. Bravo. You know, he's really, I love, I love that speaker. He's a big fan. That's not going to change you. That's not going to make you a Talmud Chacham. It'll make you, it's better than listening to, you know, to music while you're, while you're exercising or, or while you're in a car. But you're not going to be a Talmud Chacham just by listening to a hundred inspirational speeches. The way that you'll be, be a Talmud Chacham is, like sometimes I get emails from people, Rabbi Bamberger, I really enjoyed your sh- this and this year. Would you mind sending me the sources the source sheet of all your... I don't have the patience for that. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not that good. But uh, sometimes I do it, but a lot of times I don't, unfortunately. But those are the people. They, wanna like, they don't want to just hear it. They want to see it. I want to see that Rambam that you quoted inside. I want to see that Chazal that you said. I'm not taking your word for it. I want to see it myself. 
I wrote I wrote a book. My first uh, book for Art School in the series was called Great Jewish Letters, and it was basically I I, I put 120 inspirational, powerful, important letters of Gedalia Yisrael over the last of the last eight nine hundred years together in a book, and everybody loved it. But many, many people complained to me and to Rabbi Zlatowicz and Arts Girl that where's the Hebrew? I want to see the Hebrew. I want to see the original, the letters in the original Hebrew. Why? They didn't trust my translation? They trusted my translation, but they wanted to, they were intellectually curious. They wanted to see it more. They wanted to explore it. They didn't want to take my word for it or my translation for it. They wanted to see it in the original there's one thing hearing a shear, very nice, in, ear, in one ear and out the other, one and out the other ear. Or you can actually, I want to see the marmakamas, I want to see it inside. That's a different shear. That's a different shear. It's not just passive learning. Passive learning is much better than no learning, don't get me wrong. But if you really are going to be one of these people that are going to be on fire in learning, then what you have to do is you have to see it. You have to explore it deeply. You have to have a curiosity to, to, take the, to take it apart, to unravel it, to be able to figure out, to be able to reverse engineer what's going on, to really get a handle on what's going on. Ubenei Yisrael royim es hakailes. Klal Yisrael saw, if they wanted to, HaKadosh said, this miracle is going to last you for all times. Don't just listen to the Kailas at Harsinai. Don't just listen to Maimon Harsinai and to the Aseris Adivris. You have to be Royem Es If you want to be a Talmud Chacham, you have to have the interest. Your curiosity has to be piqued to the degree that you want to see it. I want to see that Ramam inside. I want to see it in the Mishnah Rura. You're quoting Mishnah Rura, that's nice. I want to see it inside. Not that I don't trust you, but I want to explore it on my own. I want to see the Gemara, I want to see the Rashba, I want to see the Ritva, I want to see, I want to see it all on my own. I don't want to take your word for it. You gave a beautiful drasha tonight, but I, I, I need to explore it and to take it apart myself so that I, 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 I fully understand it. I don't just hear it. And like the Rabbi Yaina writes in, in, in Shari Tshuva, he says, if a person is not himself, if you don't inspire yourself and, and, and ignite yourself, what is the Musashim is going to help you? Musr is going to help you. Hearing a rabbi give a, a sermon from the pulpit is going to help you. It's not going to help you. The way that you're inspired is that you listen to him and then you inspire yourself. You have to be Rayas Hakailis. You hear a shear, you want to see the shear. You want to be able to really comprehend, grasp it, make it your own. Master the topic. Master the shear, master the halacha, master, master the, 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 the science of it. Understand it so fully that people will come to you when they need to understand this. That's how you can become a Tamar Chacham. I believe that's the the real takeaway lesson of this Chazal, of being Raya Sakailais, to see the Kailais. Don't just listen to a shear, go to a shear, the brilliant shear. That brilliant shear is going to do nothing for you unless you're Raya That's why in Yeshiva, that's why, that's why in Yeshiva, um, it is, by the way, Chaim. Uh, but in Yeshiva, what they do is they don't just give shiurim. 
what they do is they they give marimakaimis. Before you go to a shear, first you study with your chavrusa, you get a list of marimakaimis, which is the source sheets you're supposed to be looking up in the allotted time. Sometimes you have you don't have enough time to get to all the sources, but you try your best. But you get to see with your own eyes and get to use your own brain to understand the topic at hand. And then you hear what your Rebbe says, and maybe you'll agree with your Rebbe's uh, formulation, and sometimes you're going to argue with him, but that's part of learning. But first you want to see it yourself. You want to be able to see the kailas, to grasp the sound. Sound is, is wonderful, but it's not like Ria. You can't compare. It's a million miles away. Hearing something and then seeing it. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was setting the template for Klal Yisrael for all times, even today, in 2020. If you want to really master something, you want to be great at something, don't just say, I heard the shir and I, I, it was great shir. That does nothing for a person. In order for a person to steig, to grow, you need to be curious about it. You have to see things for yourself. You have to see the sounds and then explore them deeper and do research on them more until you become the expert. Don't say, well, my Rebbe's an expert in that. You could be an expert if you just try. Well, I wish all of you a wonderful, wonderful Kabbalah Satira, a beautiful Shavuos. Uh, we should all be Zaycha this year to be to see the sounds, not to suffice with superficial knowledge of things, but really to try to have this bikush, this, this unquenchable thirst for wisdom and for understanding the Das Elyon, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinite wisdom, which is embodied by the Taira HaKadoshah.